Are you ready? Do I have everybody's attention now? Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome to the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Media Junkies. Hope you enjoyed the Fanboy Fight Club bonus episode that I posted in our feed yesterday. Uh, Just kind of a special little treat that I put out for everybody just to introduce you to the Fanboy Fight Club. Uh, Also because Michael and I are both a part of the show. So wanted to get it out there to let you guys know about the new podcast that Media Junkie has. So... This is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jason. I have Michael and I have Kevin with me today. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 Yeah? All right. Awesome. All right. So uh, today's show, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We still might mention some funny tweets, but we're not going to do an actual Tweet of the Week week segment. We're actually going to replace it with an idea that Kevin had, and we're going to kind of do a nostalgia segment. And then this this time around, we're going to um, each kind of go through and talk about our favorite heel run. So basically, any wrestler throughout history that has had like a you know they've all had runs as heels and baby faces so you know you might like somebody particularly as a heel maybe like somebody better as a baby face but all in all sometimes they have that one run that actually just is better than all the rest so that's what we're going to talk about today uh but first we're gonna get started with some hot takes then we're gonna go into some gimmicks good bad and ugly and then we're all going to give out our match of the week award and uh then we'll close it out after the nostalgia segment so you guys ready to go sure all right yeah right as i ever be <laughs> all right <laughs> stealing my shit yeah, I know. <laughs> trademark mike yeah, yeah right trademark exactly. so we, we 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 all oh mike we lost mike again already okay so we all pretty much agreed that last week's show was kind of blah uh, I don't think we all quite had the energy. Plus, I changed the format up a little bit. So we're going to make a commitment. Coming off, we're coming off a holiday. and Yeah. I agree. So. I, yeah, definitely coming <laughs> off a holiday. But I'm going to make sure that uh, with with this week, we're, we're not kind of off to such a blast start. So we're going to start off with some hot takes. And I have a particular hot take that I really want to kind of get off my chest. And it really kind of stemmed from – I'm a part of a few Facebook groups uh, with wrestling fans – and things like that. Also, you know, with, with gimmick minute, I do a lot of uh, things like kind of going through different like Twitter feeds. I follow a lot of wrestling fans as well as wrestlers just to get people's takes and opinions. And sometimes I really like them. I retweet them. And then there's other times where I see people that are being really snarky and just kind of really just saying things just to say things. So I feel like it's necessary for me to kind of troll those people and just kind of put them on blast and call them out. But basically my issue is with the smart fans that are basically, in my opinion, ruining the wrestling business, not WWE. So it's the type of fans that are going on social media right now and saying, Oh, I'm not watching anymore because Brock Lesnar is the champion and he doesn't deserve to be champion. Who the, who like, I, I get that we're fans and we all like to watch it, but really, it's not your job to determine who deserves to be champion. And I'm putting that in air quotes, even though nobody can see me. So, basically, the championship, <laughs> like, th- this is my point. The WWE, AEW, whatever wrestling organization, Evolve, uh, you know, I- I'm trying to fill it, ROH, uh, TNA, or Impact, whoever you watch, 
it's a TV show. It is an episodic TV show. The title belt in that show is a prop. That's what it, it is a prop. It is something that they use to have a goal of something to fight for. But there are other reasons for them to fight. There are personal issues and things like that. But it is a prop. So at the end of the day, saying that you're canceling your WWE Network subscription because somebody that you don't like is holding that prop, in my opinion, is just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Just enjoy being a fucking fan. <sighs> All right, Mike. I know you're gonna shit. I knew you're gonna shit on this. Go for it. Come on. Okay. I would have... So, so here's my biggest, yeah, here my biggest problems. Going, but yeah. So, first off, I feel like when you bring up these other things like NXT, AEW, uh, Evolve, all that, when someone wins the championship, it feels earned. It, it helps you. It it takes it away from like the scriptedness of it. You don't feel like you're watching just some episodic TV show. You feel like you're watching a sport. So when Brock Lesnar is thrown into the picture as often as he is and then doesn't show up for 360 days of the year, that's why people get mad. That's why they're like, he doesn't deserve it. Not because they're like, wait, I don't like Brock Lesnar. It's because anybody else, they could throw it on Corbin and it feel more earned than just, oh, Brock's a money guy. Let's throw it on him. He'll show up every now and then. And then, Maybe we'll see him at SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series. Who knows? Now, but if they sign Brock to a full-time contract and he's there every fucking week to build a story, sure, I don't care. That that works for me. But we haven't seen that in the, what, three, five years, however many fucking years since he's been back. But do you understand that that's part of the appeal of Brock Lesnar? Like, that is part of part of what makes him such a such a polarizing character he's an attraction you don't need to see but, him every week but that's just it you, you you can't use that as an excuse all the time like you lose your attraction like aspect of it when yeah. you use it as a crutch like we talked yeah. about how like using hardcore and like blood and stuff like that was like oh we don't want that to be a crutch for AEW to like be more edgy than WWE using Brock Lesnar as your come look at me we've got this guy who everybody knows that's a fucking crutch right there and they use it all the time and that's what pisses people off so much you could give it to any other person on the roster who's there full time people would get mad because they may not like they per- like that person but nearly as much as they do with Brock Lesnar because he doesn't fucking show up because he doesn't have to wrestle every week, but at least show up and build your own fucking rivalries. Don't, don't have to have your mouthpiece show up because you want to sit on your fat ass on the couch doing nothing, but working on the farm, raising cows and building fences or whatever the fuck his farm ass does. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What were you about to say, Kevin? I hear you. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. I guess I I I see both of you guys. I can I'm gonna be you know middleman here and agree with both of you. Impartial, We're, right? In, yeah, impartial. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For, yeah, I can think of the word. Um, I could see definitely see what Mike's saying. Like you know, he's an attraction. We don't need to put. He doesn't need the title. Like Brock Lesnar. Okay, he has title runs and stuff, but he does not need a title. He he's an attraction. Okay, it comes in now and then don't need the belt on him. So I can see why people would be pissed off of that. On the other hand, I do agree that, well, it's a pretty good uh, way to get heat by putting the title on him. 
and I think people still will still be intrigued no matter what. I mean, people can say, oh, I'm going to cancel. They're not going to cancel. Yeah, they're not going to. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? So I could see both your points where, yeah, yeah, the title is just kind of a prop. But, again, that's also your title. And... The, the title's okay. the MacGuffin. But, if the MacGuffin but, but again, isn't there, then here, your, here's your my, story stops. Here's, here's my counterpoint to that. The universal title is not the WWE title. The WWE title is around the waist of Kofi Kingston, and Kofi Kingston is making that title mean something. The universal title, to me, honestly, is a, a, about the U.S. title level because that is, even though they make it such a level of importance, it has zero history. It's not considered the WWE title. They still acknowledge the WWE title is the historic WWE title that all these guys have, uh, have held all the way back to, you know, the Bruno San Martino. So it, it, it oh, with, the universal, on, with the universal title and the fact that Kofi is showing up on both shows, I really think that just taking Brock and having him hold that belt, even if he doesn't show up for a couple of weeks, it's not going to be that big of a deal. So, so two, two, two things wrong with that argument. One, if it's not on the same caliber and, and it's they're not registering at the same, then why is it when his ass sat at home for a year and a half, they put him in the record books as beating Punk's record for longest title reign if it's not the, considered the same as the WWE title? They but still did, consider, but did, but did consider they, the though? same caliber. That was like they, a fan thing. I never saw any – I never saw WWE. Oh, no, they talked about that. it. WWE oh, yeah. oh, yeah. On TV. Because they talked about AJ being, the long, being one of the longest reign WWE champion – because he broke that record, but they didn't really. T- I they, they. I don't think it, he didn't break Punk's. Punk's was no. He wasn't even close. Day. He was like still like sixty something days from Punk's. Yeah, and again, and, and I was saying where it ranks for me. To me, the Universal Title isn't that important because it's an ugly looking title belt, and 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 honestly, too, you have a babyface champion on SmackDown. You don't need a babyface champion on Raw. You need a heel champion. And who's the? We're not going to have a heel champion on Raw because he's not going to show up. <laughs> who's who's a better heel to have hold that title than Brock Lesnar? Uh, it's Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah. right. You want heat? Yeah. Fucking throw yeah. it on him. He'll run yeah. around calling himself best of the world, and then you have something for uh, KO to take from him. Yeah, uh, come on. I'm just saying that. But see, the that, attraction but that level of line. Brock Lesnar is irrelevant to the title. You could have him come back like Goldberg for just big money fights at Saudi Arabia and Mania, and that's it. He doesn't have to overwhelmingly take these giant chunk out of the show, especially if you're going to have to either eliminate the universal title completely so there's only one main title since, it's, since there's no brand split anymore. Everyone just fucking shows up on every show. And, or don't put it on someone who's not going to be there. Yeah, or you might as well put it on. You might as well put it on the Undertaker. Yeah, hell, you might as well give it to fucking Corey Graves and let him sit behind the the table. He's <laughs> yeah. fucking show up for work. I think Corey Graves should win the twenty four seven championship one day because all he's got to do is roll somebody up. He doesn't have to yeah. actually get physically involved. I think that'd be great. I'm waiting on Drake Maverick's wife to pin him for the title. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. All right. So that was my hot take for the week. And, and honestly, mate, like I said, a lot of it just stemmed from it. And it's not just Brock Lesnar. Like there, there's other things that have just oh, yeah. been going on. And like somebody posted a picture basically on on this group, and it was a side by side of 2016 versus 2019, or maybe it was 2000. Oh, the graphic for SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, there was there was Brock holding the title at SummerSlam on both. 
There was Shane and KO fighting each other on both. There was Bray. There was a picture of Bray and Finn as like oh the God. SummerSlam thing, and then Bray holding Finn for, like from Raw. And then there was a, so it was like a side and AJ Styles winning the U.S. Championship. So it was a side by side comparison, <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, though, like if you look at that in context, you're like, oh shit, same old, same old. But when you actually look at it and the storylines leading up or the storylines going on now compared to then are far and away different oh yeah aj was a face at that time uh ko and shane were swapped ko was the the heel and shane was the face um i mean brock was still piece of a piece of shit either way (laughs) um i can't remember whatever matches you mentioned uh, oh yeah, the, and Finn, uh, and, Finn. Finn yeah. and yeah. But how much more intriguing is it? And I, I, I'll tell you what, and you know, I, I, I didn't put this into my gimmicks thing, and I, I probably should have. I went with some different things, but it's okay. It's in mine. Yeah, but I would have <laughs> absolutely loved, and I really hope they do it on Raw. But I would have loved for the Mister Rogers Bray Wyatt to show up on SmackDown. The next oh my night. god. That'd and be like, so great pretend, if he like, was on like, both, uh, two different shows as two different people. Oh, that'd yeah. be fantastic. Or if he just shows up one week as uh, – if he shows up on Raw next week like that and is like goes up to uh, Finn Balor and be like, hey, Finn, how you been, man? Oh, yeah, that'd be oh, – Like how amazing that. would great. that be if he has both characters working simultaneously, like pretending like the one doesn't even exist? That would be fantastic. I, I hope that's the way we go with it. But anyway, that's going to end up my hot take. Do, uh, do anybody else have anything they want to bring up? I mean, I have one, but it's more me just being salty. Uh, essentially, I just want to to just say that CM Punk's a little bitch who deletes tweets. <laughs> <laughs> he, he honestly had tweet of the week one during Extreme Rules because they're in the first hour when uh, the Shane Undertaker, Roman Reigns, and uh, McIntyre match there was like a, so a fan took a picture from the crowd of Shane laid out on the ground, but all you could see is like from like his feet. So it was just like tennis shoes and like track pants. And they posted just the picture, no, no like caption or anything. And punk replied to it saying, did a fan rush the, the ring? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I did see it. It was pretty funny. And, and I wanted to screenshot it, but I forgot. And I went back like an hour later and it was gone. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Other people did. You can find it because I found after right. you said something, I found it. So yeah, oh, there's, wow. there's yeah, some so other people that put. That's my hot it take. Out. CM Punk's a little bitch. That's my hot take for the week. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, you got anything for us? Yeah, I got. Um, well, I had one. I don't know if you guys really think it's a hot take or not, but uh, my hot take is that the demon Finn will finally lose. At SummerSlam, oh, huh. I don't think they'll do that to Bray Wyatt. I think I think he's gonna, he's gonna put. I think he's gonna put Bray Wyatt over as the demon and have his first losses. The, I can. I, 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 go ahead, Mike. I don't. I don't see them doing that just because, especially with Vince thinking that like the fans only like Finn for the demons. So if they just have him put someone else over as the demon, it kind of brings him down a notch i feel like they're gonna have finn get demolished by the fiend um come SummerSlam, he'll take however many months off he's he's planning on taking he'll return as the demon to face um the fiend either at mania or like rumble or something 
Okay, I can see that. Yeah, and I and honestly, I could see him losing as as the demon as well, just because he's taking all that time off. So he'll have some time to kind of recharge and rebuild his. And you know, when he comes back, he'll come back maybe a little bit differently. Maybe maybe come back as Prince Devitt. Yeah, completely <laughs> <laughs> <a> different name. <laughs> go, go back to the old school. <laughs> yeah, maybe join the club or I don't know. I would love to see him join the club. Be honest with you, I, mean, I was. <laughs> Actually, it would be awesome because have you guys seen the Twitter war that uh, the club and the Undisputed Era have been getting into? Oh, I have. Yeah, oh, I saw no, them. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, AJ and Adam Coleman going back and forth. And I believe it was Roderick Strong had a great reply to Adam Cole. And it was, uh, don't worry, Adam. They don't want none. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I'm hoping that's building towards something. It probably isn't. It's probably just them dicking around because I I don't see them bringing Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era to the main roster anytime soon, especially with them just putting the title on him, like, what, a month or two ago? Yeah, probably not. Maybe, but... I mean, I would love it to. Trust me, Undisputed Era versus the club would be fantastic, especially if the club gets the fourth man. Count me in. I'll fucking just take my money. But I just yeah. I don't see them taking Adam Cole from NXT that soon. No, yeah, I, I don't see maybe them going, leaving NXT. Maybe just a part of this whole wild card cross brand thing. Maybe like I guess my fancy booking is okay. Give the club a fourth member. You know, let's say it, it's not going to be Finn because it's not going. It, well, it could be in time actually. Like, but I'm thinking because isn't War Games around like Survivor Series? Yeah, usually. Yeah, usually. It is. Like, like, how great would it? How great would it be, fancy booking wise, to have the club like with Finn Balor going back to NXT in a War Games match against Undisputed Era? I know that's completely off the wall, but like, it would be fun to watch for that sure. That would be that would be fucking sweet. Yeah, it would. Hell yeah. <clears throat> ah, all right. Sorry about that. All right. <clears throat> So, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I'd say we can wrap up the hot take on that note so we can move into the, uh, to the gimmicks, good, bad, and ugly. So I want to kind of do this as like a rapid fire thing. So we're going to start with Kevin. So you can kind of give like a, a quick brief description why you feel this way and then just kind of go from there. So, uh, go ahead. Let's go with your good, bad, and ugly. All right. My good, Bray Wyatt's return. Don't need to say anything else about that. That was awesome. It was creepy. It was, like I said, I was kind of hoping for maybe the Mr. Rogers thing on SmackDown or maybe next week, but Bray Wyatt's return was awesome. Very good. All right, how about the bad? Bad, uh, the constant two out of three falls matches. I cannot stand them. Two out of three falls matches to me are just like anything, like a special attraction, but this whole thing – it seems like they're doing it on Raw more than anything. I don't think they're really doing it on SmackDown as much. Nah, but this whole thing, but this whole thing Vince has with you know restarting matches and not wrestling during the commercial breaks, I think it's just bad, and I'm ready for it to go away. And my ugly is Shane McMahon messing up a stunner from Kevin Owens more than once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the one the one I saw. Was was the worst. So kicking yeah. him in the gut and going down, yeah, and then picking him back up. So that was that was just ugly. Yeah, definitely. All right, Michael, 
What's good? Uh, my good's also Bray. Like finally after weeks and weeks of waiting, and that that was definitely worth it. They did a great job of like not making it too campy, but still kind of like creepy and like keeping the 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 feel of the fiend or insane clown posse dude, whatever the hell we're gonna call him. Um, going um, as far as my bad, my bad's gonna be fucking stone punk steve owens um <laughs> i'm sorry it just it feels so forced like he's doing such a great job at trying to make it his own but you can just tell that it's it's they're like sitting him in a fucking closet with with fucking alistair black making him watch old stone cold tapes and be like that's what we need you to do we need to be more edgy and like you yeah for, uh, Shane McMahon took the stunner real bad, but he's been doing the stunner for a while now, and his stunner is just uh, it's rough to watch. Like when Stone Cold does it, it, he fucking comes down hard, and it looks devastating. When fucking Owens does it, it looks like he slipped on a puddle and like fell down and dragged him with him. Um, <laughs> and Shane's taken so many stunners over the years. Yeah, well, like, Shane, Shane, Shane knows hasn't always, and Shane hasn't always taken them good though. Even from Steve, he doesn't take them that good. But he still takes them better than that. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is, like, when Steve does it, he drops straight down. So there's a little bit of a bounce for them to pop back up. Where when Owens does it, he falls almost flat on his back, like an RKO. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they don't know what, like, how to, like, make that look good. So they're trying to do what they can. And it just fucking looks awful. Because it's even not just Shane. Everyone he's done it to just it looks so bad. Well, um, he, He's got something that Steve didn't have, though, is that gut to deal with while he's trying to hit the landing though too so <laughs> true but I'm, I'm sure like when he when he goes to sit down on his toilet and take a shit he doesn't have fucking lay down he can still like sit there like a normal human being with his legs straight at a 90 degree angle like it's not that fucking complicated we'll have to, we'll have um, to ask him next time we talk to him how do you, you should tweet him next time do that with your uh with your stunner um so that, that's my bad and then my ugly kind of segues over to shane with that that fucking awful town hall segment like yeah. that was the the shittiest like way to force some like makeshift rivalries or at least like attempt to like put some people together of like oh this person could face this person potentially like it's like, oh it was it was fucking disgusting like like okay so apparently we're gonna see potentially charlotte versus Liv and andrade versus um apollo woo like well, and then fucking buddy murphy's just like i don't need anyone to talk to me mate i do what i want <laughs> but he didn't really ever express which side of the story he was on if he was like shane's a prick or anything he's just like i don't want people talking on my behalf like <laughs> yeah it was pretty awful yeah it was and i really fully expected randy orton to come up and say something like he stood there in the background the entire time randy right? Orton normally isn't out there for shit like that so the fact that he was out there and then didn't say anything i thought was really uh, yeah i was honestly shocked he didn't like come up and at least have like some sort of smart ass remark or anything like it was just right he just, like, yeah. sat there like a good little boy in the back now we did get charlotte and live or later on in the night which Liv had an okay showing with Charlotte Wan, but then Liv vowed to come back different. So I feel like Liv is going to kind of reboot her look a little bit, um, and her character maybe a little bit. Which I kind of like her look, though. I mean, she's got yeah, I do too. Different, yeah, different look. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. To be honest and she also you. usually like themes them with like weird, like nerdy shit, like Halloween. Like on Halloween, she did like it, 
and like uh, there was a few others that she did that were really cool so like i'm not sure what they're gonna do with her that's gonna be like oh yeah now suddenly she's like a night and day difference it's so much better yeah all right so uh my good is actually kevin owens because i honestly i i I guess i feel differently about it i don't feel like his promos have been forced at all. I think he's actually done a really good job with them. I think he's uh, he's kind of come into his own a little bit. I like the babyface Kevin Owens look. Uh, I like the fact that they're acknowledging the fact that Shane's getting a lot of TV time and taking it from guys that haven't gotten a lot of time. And then you saw some of those guys that he mentioned actually get TV time last week. So it, it seems like it, <laughs> it seems like they're 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 using Kevin Owens to maybe acknowledge what fans have been saying about the product. Uh, it's affected more SmackDown than it has raw. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. I'll be honest. Like raw. I, I thought last week's raw was really good, but the week before that was still eh, the, and the week before that was decent. So it's, it seems like they're still trying to figure out with raw where SmackDown has gotten a lot better over the, the course of the last few weeks. Yeah. My, uh, I mean, as before you move on, as far like I don't have a problem with the storyline. Like the storyline is fine. Like him opposing him and being like, "You're taking up too much TV time for people who actually deserve it." Which, by the way, is the same thing you shit on all these fans uh, for doing. By the way, but no big deal. Um, like I like that I, aspect I feel, of it. I just feel like the way they're doing it, they're like they're they're trying to mold him after like a CM Punk Stone Cold hybrid, and it just it doesn't mesh well. He needs to be Kevin Owens, like. He needs to be the, the Kevin Owens that we've known for years, where he feels like he's trying to transition into this newer like character, and it just doesn't. And doesn't I agree with me. you. And and honestly, I don't think it would feel like Stone Cold at all if he didn't do the stunner. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a big thing. Coming from the crowd yeah. and doing the stunner constantly is what really kills it for me. And I don't know if that's a him thing because he needs a new finisher because of his knee injuries or something like that. I I don't know if that's something that he decided to do on his own. I, I don't know if it's necessarily something that they're like, hey, you should come out and start stunning everybody. I, I think it's something that he might have you know, decided to take on on his own. But uh, I, I think if he didn't do that, he wouldn't feel like Stone Cold at all. Maybe a little bit of punk, but that's mm-hmm. because anytime anybody cuts a good promo on the microphone now, that's who they compare him to. Yeah. Even though he's a completely different person, it's not really fair to to put it under the same category. But I think it's more yeah. so just the fact that his cutting a promo was more so like at the establishment and felt kind of less scripted, more like this is what's fucking wrong. You're what's wrong. Like revealing the fucking man behind the, the wizard of Oz kind of thing versus just being like the usual complaining about the authority, like keeping it in, uh, in story. Yeah. I guess, I I guess, I guess they're giving him like free reign too on his promos. Like they're basically not really writing his, they're kind of trusting him. Yeah. With his, with and, and that actually brings me to my bad. The other person that, from what I understand, has free reign on what he's been doing, especially from like the backstage vignette segments, has been Ali. And the reason why Ali has been bad to me is just because I just don't know. Like, it's just kind of weird how he's been doing these vignettes, talking about basically being a real life superhero. And then he just kind of shows up and challenges Shinsuke Nakamura, or not really challenges him, but kind of like alludes to that that's kind of where he's going i just don't know if he's if if his character is at that level yet where they should just automatically throw him into a, a intercontinental title 
picture. I, I guess maybe he is. I mean, he was a WWE in the WWE Championship picture not that long ago, so I, I could see it. I just, I just, I'm just not a big fan of the vignettes that he's been doing. Like, yeah, I feel his like, character is. I feel there. like that's. I feel like that. I feel like those are just kind of like a. If you watched the um the WWE twenty four seven thing they did on him, I I feel like the, those vignettes are just like a um like a like a, a cut up piece of that. Like I feel like I've heard that story from him, and I want to hear something different. I guess is is where I'm coming from there. I don't have a problem with Ali. I think he's a talented guy, and he can talk. I mean, there's no issues with him there. But I just. I don't know. Just the, the the promos have just for me just seem kind of like I've heard all this shit before. Like, let's get you back in the ring, you know? Yeah, like, nothing, uh, nothing yet to get you excited about anything yet, really. Did you see exactly. the uh, the tweet exchange between him and a fan? Uh, I think it was last week. Uh, someone someone tweeted at him about like this this whole hero gimmick is is cringeworthy, and he replied, "You're right." Talking about uh, uh, what was it? Uh, like people not being represented properly and you know general like racist things against people who aren't white yada yada like the usual stuff on a a, you know broadcasted nationally worldwide show isn't being a superhero it's actually cringeworthy and i was like wait i know i don't watch much but i don't think i've ever seen anything with ali where he's like discussed like anything about like misrepresentation or like any of that like or like going like aside from his like tweets about going to the airport and getting his like weekly massage like yeah i haven't seen him like really talk about that stuff at all and i'm like uh he's, the he's, same thing? Ta- he's talked about it a lot in interviews like i've heard him on some podcasts talk about stuff like that and and again in that 24 7 thing he kind of talks a little bit about it too like i i literally maybe it's because i've heard him on other things but i literally feel like i've heard the same stories from him at least five times and it's just like, okay, all right, man, Let, let's 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 get a little bit more ring action. Uh, that's gonna lead me to my ugly. My ugly right now is the Viking Raiders. I, <laughs> <laughs> man, like these guys are incredibly talented, and they can get it done in the ring. Uh, they can even cut promos. I think just the gimmick in general is ugly for them right now. These guys are at their best when they can really get that crowd interaction. Like the the NXT crowd, and even like on the independent scene when they were the the they were War Machine, and then they were the War Raiders. But like that that song, like with the crowd chanting "War, War, War," like that gets the crowd involvement with them, and they feed off of that. And they don't have that right now. Like when they come out, it's crickets because they're not the war Raiders. They're the fucking Viking Raiders. And they still kept that damn name, the Viking experience for their stupid ass finishing move. Okay. The finishing move's not stupid, but the, the name is stupid calling it the Viking experience. Like you had to keep that. You had to keep that. You couldn't get rid of it because everybody shit on it. So let's just, let's just name the finishing move, the Viking experience instead of the, the the tag team like i just i can't get behind it they need they need war back in their name to get that crowd involvement back and until then this is going to continue to be ugly for me so do we think that they removed war from their name because they were going to be on national television and they didn't want to upset anybody i don't know it has to be. I mean, uh, up I, until recently when they've gotten more edgy because they're like, man, ratings are down. Teens don't like us because we're a little bitch show. Maybe we should do something interesting. Um, they were very much like 
censoring anything they can. So I feel like they like we can't say war. That's bad because people die in war and there's actual people who like watch the show who may have been, you know, mutilated in war or have like flashbacks or something. and might be offended. And it's well, like, I, I hope, I hope since they're getting pussy. more edgy, that's one of the first things they change because when you got like Kofi Kingston flipping people off and then making dick references on SmackDown live, like you could probably just use the word war for a tag team. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like that new day fucking cracked up, like die and laughing when, uh, uh, fucking oh, what's her name? Liv Morgan talked about everything on Charlotte being fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear them too? Uh, so they they uh, they set up a uh, six man tag. It was Orton, um, Smojo, Eli- and, yeah, and Elias. Elias. Did you did you yeah. see how they set that up? Or- Orton was like originally he's like, all right, uh, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm out, and he started to walk away. Oh yeah, but they um went limp or whatever yeah kofi's like oh randy like uh i thought because you're a viper you'd are you'd be ready like up ready to strike and then they made a comment about him being limp and then that that got orton back in the match it was pretty funny (laughs) all right so speaking of matches we'll move on from the gimmicks good bad and ugly i thought that went way better than last week i like it so we'll, we'll keep it going with that type of format even though mike doesn't like doing the extra homework and uh (laughs) Let's move on to the match of the week. So, uh, Michael, what what uh, what was your match of the week this week? Uh, my I'm probably just gonna choose some some kind of bias just because I, I like these guys so much, and I'm finally happy to see just either of them get like any good recognition, even if they did get shit and on and put in the pre-show. But the, the Shinsuke Finn match at Extreme Rules, I just really enjoyed it, and especially the fact that Shinsuke went over. Like I was just like, oh, this is just gonna be a fucking good match, but it's gonna end with Finn on top. But no, they they definitely uh, shocked me on it. Yeah, definitely. I, it was a good match, and I was surprised by the outcome as well. Yeah, I was yeah I was shocked because you know Shinsuke got the win. Now here, oh, the match is actually for the title. So Finn's gonna retain the title, but shocked by the win. Yeah, that was good. I like it. Definitely. All right, Kevin, how about yours? Uh, my match of the week, also Extreme Rules. I'm going with Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, and I thought the was it, it was kind of maybe hokey at some point, at sometimes in the match, but I thought they for two big guys worked really well. It was a kind of like an old school around the arena brawl. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it, it went longer than I expected, but it kept me interested and I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And honestly, like I, I debated on going with that with mine too, just because like for, for two guys, like you would have thought that might be kind of a boring match and it definitely was anything, but I mean, they really brought it. Both guys were just sweating their asses off. Like, you could tell that they worked really hard in that match. And I even liked the ending, even though the ending was kind of weird. Like, I loved how he just came bursting through that wall like a freaking monster. Like, <laughs> like you know? Yeah, I guess that was my only ho- ho- hokey part of it. Yeah, it was a little bit, but it was cool. They, it was done they, well. Well, they both, they both fell, and, like, the ref, like, is can't see them but he's like oh I'm, just, I'm gonna count but what if they're like standing up inside of here you know so he's just counting but right. then like braun busted through and he just like had his arms <laughs> up with like seven seconds at seven yeah. seconds he's like yep i won fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was i was also almost a little surprised that braun had went over too because i really thought though especially how well they build up lashley and how they had him destroy 
like uh, Ray Mysterio the 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 Monday before that that he might actually pull that one out. But uh, but yeah, Braun Braun came out looking like a big monster, and I think that's what they really wanted to have happen. So since I, I didn't go with that one, I actually went a little bit a little different. Uh, I I went with uh, a match from the Evolve special. So if you haven't got a chance to watch it, I will tell you that the first couple of matches are a little. Eh. Now it is kind of cool seeing some of these indie guys, but some of these guys really look like indie guys. But there are a few people on that show that are going to be potential and future stars. Like with uh, Austin Theory, for instance, is one of them that will will be in NXT or AEW or in WWE one day. I mean, that guy has all the tools. Uh, there's a couple other guys like uh, the guy he the guy he went up against is. Uh, Oh, what is his name? I, I'm blanking right now because I'm trying to think about because I wasn't even going to talk about this match. But the dude legitimately looked like looks like Kevin Owens' older uncle. <laughs> like he he in the face, like every he looks exactly like him. It's it was creepy. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, the the match that I went with from that show though was actually a women's match. It was a it was a um, it was a no DQ match between Shotzi Black and Brandy Lauren. Both of these girls are young girls, uh, probably probably eventually will get a shot somewhere. And uh, they both really freaking brought it, man. Like Shotzi Black at one point, and this is kind of what, what sold it for me because I don't think I've ever seen this in, in a wrestling match ever. But she basically set up about six chairs, and then she put one chair on top. And then she placed Brandy Lauren in that chair and then went out of the back into the ring and did a suicide dive Without Brandy, Brandy Lauren moved because her uh, the guy that she valets for like pulled her away, and she went head first into those chairs on a suicide dive, and it was the most brutal thing I think I've seen in a wrestling match in a long time. It was like straight out of ECW, but uh, mad props for her doing that. Uh, the match overall was very entertaining. It was a lot of fun. They had a lot of really brutal spots. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, not that the match was nearly as good, but it reminded me a little bit of how I felt the first time, like during that uh, that first Sasha Banks and Bailey match, where you're just like, holy shit, these are two girls that are just absolutely outperforming most of these guys that are on the show. And that's how I felt during this match. And again, it wasn't as good as a match. I'm not saying that, but it was a really good match. So it's good. It gets my match of the week. And actually, um, another match on that card would kind of been my close second was Matt Riddle and Drew Gulick. That was a good match too. Yeah. That was really, cause I was, I didn't really watch it. I read about the pay-per-view and I read about that and, and the guy who was reviewing it said, go out your way and go back and watch this match. And I did. And it, that was a really awesome match. There was another one right before the uh, the Shotzi and Brandy match too. That was really good. That re- that that this match was the one that kind of really got my attention on the show. But I really can't remember the guy's name that was in it. But he's been in. Uh, he's done a couple things with WWE already. Like he was in the Royal Rumble a couple years ago, um, and he delivered this freaking kick to finish the match. And the kick like brought me out of my chair. Like I popped like by myself in my basement. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Like I, I, yeah. Anyway. All right. So that's, that was my match of the week. So, all right. So moving on, we're going to start with this new nostalgia segment. This is going to kind of replace the tweet of the week for, for at least now, um, maybe at least for a couple of weeks, we might kind of work it back in here and there. If we can't think of something that we want to nostalgically talk about, I'm going to start this one off. So basically the, 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 
the idea was our favorite heel run. And uh, there's been a lot of them that I've really enjoyed, but I think one of my favorite heel runs ever was CM Punk with his Straight Edge Society. That run of CM Punk where he had basically, and he's even admitted that he basically put himself as Jesus and had his disciples and he had his Mary Magdalene and all that. And he, had, you know, the hair, the beard and everything. And then even the part where like after he lost the, the hair match, when he was wearing the Lucha mask and all that stuff, <laughs> I just thought that that was some really great work by him. I really enjoyed it that entire time. And I actually started to become, probably that was probably when I started to become a really big fan of CM Punk was during that run, even though he was a heel, you know, you're not supposed to like the heels. You're supposed to boo the heels. And uh, he was like kind of one of those guys that you love to hate. And that's, that's, that's uh, I, in my opinion, the definition of the, the best heel is when you, when you, when you, when you boo him, when you don't want to, when you don't want him to win, but at the same time you have a mad amount of respect for what he's doing. So CM Punk in the Straight Edge Society gets my vote. So Michael, what about you? Uh, I also choose CM Punk, but I'm going a different route. I'm going to go with uh, his rivalry with the Undertaker. Ooh, when, oh, when, yeah. when, when he fucking just bathed in the ashes of Paul Bear. I mean, like you can't. There's not a more heel thing you could do than Gosh, like weeks after a dude that. dies, you fucking dump his fake ashes over top of you while you're like standing over the Undertaker, and then follow it up at Mania by wearing the Undertaker's colors in your fucking tights, like. That that entire like even when before he dumped the urn on himself like all the vignettes where he's in the backstage he's juggling it around and shit. Paul Heyman would like beatbox down to the ring like to Punk's music and he'd yeah. be carrying the carrying the urn right. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was it was just so good. Like and, and the the fact that he had Paul Heyman like he didn't need that that fucking mouthpiece, but they worked so well together. I just I loved every second of it, and it just even like the the fucked upness of him dumping the ashes on himself. Like I had never a thousand years thought that's where that was going. I thought, oh, he'll keep it until till they get to Mania, and then Taker will beat him and take it back or something. But no, he just fucking pumbles Taker and then just dumps it and fucking just wipes it all over himself. <laughs> I, I I almost completely forgot about all that. I'm glad you mentioned that. I almost want to go back and watch that stuff. Now. Oh, it, it was You're so right. good. That shit was great. Yeah. And the worst part of it is just the fact that, like, that was, that's the perfect opportunity that they could have ended the Taker streak on that. But because of the fact that Paul Bear just died, there was no way that they were going to have Taker lose. Yeah. But Punk would have been the perfect person to end the streak, especially with how good he was as a heel against Undertaker. Because, you know, going into an Undertaker match, no one's going to boo the Undertaker. No one's going to cheer the other guy on to beat Undertaker. But he would have been, like, the, the best choice for it rather than Lesnar and then later on Reigns. Like, Lesnar's wasn't that convincing because it was a fucking UFC fighter beating up a 60-year-old man. Like, come on now. <laughs> that, that, I don't need that shit. Oh, my God. And their match was fantastic, even though, like, Taker was, like, that was, like, the first kind of year where he was kind of starting to see, like, his age show. Like, his matches were kind of getting a little rocky. But, like, Punk did a great job of, like, doing it at a pace – that worked so taker didn't get like fucking winded and like struggle the rest of the match and then he even fucking like did taker's moves like he did old school to him like yeah I mean, that i mean of all of taker's matches at wrestlemania i would put that 
I don't know if I put it number one. Obviously, I think his two with Michaels would be one and two, mm-hmm. but that's probably like three. Yeah, it's easily top three material. Yeah. Um, even, I mean, even some of his matches with Triple H really good, but that match just like I would put his match with Michaels at twenty five one, and then twenty six the next year, and then Punk the Punk's right that match with Punk was right there. It's like yeah. two two A almost two A yeah. yeah yeah. So also you have to combine the Shawn Michaels matches into just they're they're both in the first place and then Punk's in second. Yeah. All right, Kevin. What about you? I, was, I, I couldn't wait to see what you pulled out of your ass for this one. So, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I was gonna like go real, real old school, but I didn't. I wanted to keep it. I, I was, I was thinking two ways. I was thinking like, okay. I started thinking when you asked the question, I was like, oh, oh uh, greatest heel, but like, no, what's my favorite heel? So, really, honestly, if I can, real quick, like, I think the greatest heel ever was Hollywood Hogan. I don't know what you guys think. Oh, dude, yeah, the yeah. fucking the third man that that heel turn. No, that's probably the greatest heel turn ever. He probably was the greatest heel ever. But my personal favorite heel was Evolution, like Triple H. Oh, against Orton. <laughs> it just yeah, even even with Orton in general, group, in, in general, like basically from the time he came back from his quad injury and he turned on Michaels. And he like shaved his beard, and he started wearing suits again. And then he formed Evolution, and then he did the shit with Katie Vick. Oh <laughs> my god! Like, and but but he like, <laughs> but just what, all but but that, like that, but now Kev, that's what yeah. Kevin started calling him my boy Trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he he's probably my favorite. Like I mean I love I love Hogan. He's probably my favorite of all time. Anything, but like Triple H is probably my favorite heel of all time, just because. I mean, even the shit with, um, and Jason, I reference this all the time, but like there was an opening segment on Raw or something, and Lead is out in the ring. And, oh, God. And, and, Triple, <laughs> and Triple H, the evolution music hits, and Triple H is coming out because he's pissed about something completely else, and he's got Orton with him, and he walks into the ring, and he's like, <laughs> he doesn't say anything. He looks right at Lead and says, Randy, give me a dollar. <laughs> so Randy gives him a dollar and says, Now, unless you're going to stand here, and get naked and dance with this dollar. I suggest you get your ass out of my ring. <laughs> but like, I mean, I mean, but but just the shit he did with Booker T, like, yeah, that that was like Roddy Piper, Mr. T, racist shit. Like the backstage segment where he said he threw him a dollar and said, "Here, why don't you go get me a towel or something like that?" Or um, oh my god, just to me. That, that Triple H. I mean, he's he's had some other great times as heel, like when he turned on Ric Flair and fucked him up with the sledgehammer and shit, and you know all that. He still had his right before DX um, reformed, like that Triple H, like when he was still feuding with Michaels a little bit. But like the Evolution Triple H in general was my favorite. The Katie, uh, Vick, the Katie Vick shit. I mean, if there's if there's anything more fucking fucked up than that, as <laughs> <laughs> a heel. Yeah, <laughs> come on, that, that that is a heel. That's a heel, motherfucker. That's a heel, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, way to way to wrap up the nostalgia yeah. segment. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, there's your vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's just in that casket going to town. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, what? <laughs> I, screwed, 
screwed your brains out. You, you know what I learned? Was it? He was threw it the some... fucking. He threw the fucking brains at the screen. That was so fucked up. <laughs> and then I texted Jason like, "All right, not text him, but like we talked." Like, like shortly after that, I said, "Dude, that's my boy. My boy." Yeah. Trips. <laughs> I feel like we watched that together. Like we were sitting there because you used to come over to my house and watch her all the time. Like yeah, I feel we like we were did. watching that. Oh uh, yeah, we probably did. But uh, oh, and um, I did. I I feel like didn't uh, didn't Conrad and I forget what show it was on, but he didn't he talk about they 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 uh, they tossed around bringing some guy in and making him like Katie Vick's brother or something like that. <laughs> It was on one of the something the wrestle shows. Yeah, um, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if that was real or not, but uh, that was just yeah, that was fucked up. That was that was the weirdest segment I've ever seen on Raw, and that's that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, all right. So uh, that that's gonna conclude our show for the day. Uh, so you can you know we can end on a necrophilia note. <laughs> so... <laughs> So if you want to if you want to give us feedback of the show and tell us what your favorite he- heel run was, like we'd love to get some some audience participation here. So let us know what you felt your favorite heel run was. Uh, you can tweet us at live your gimmick. That's L I V your gimmick. And you can also follow us on Instagram at the same thing. So Twitter and Instagram at live your gimmick. You can also catch up on everything that media junkies is doing at media junkie vids. And that's also Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our new uh, podcast fanboy fight club. We have at fanboy fight club. Uh, it's actually a revived. It's a, you know, we, we, we brought it back from the dead. Uh, and it rose from the ashes and came back starting this week. So, uh, you can also check out all the other YouTube or the uh, the other media junkie uh, content we have at youtube.com slash media junkie. And Mike, you got some t-shirt designs coming out, right? Uh, yes. Starting to, uh, well, depending on when this, you actually put this out. So starting on the 18th of July, the first day of Comic-Con, um, Every day from Thursday to Sunday, I'm going to have new designs up on T Public's uh, website. If you want to check out the designs, you can just follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Cult of Gresser. So that's C U L T O F G R E S S E R. Uh, I guess I'll be posting new designs each day between uh, Thursday and Sunday. I've seen a lot of Mike's designs, they are really good. So definitely check those out. And uh, also check out. Uh, past episodes of our podcast you know go back and listen um i think this one was definitely way better than last week (laughs) not listed as the worst episode ever so people actually listen to it then yeah yeah we definitely not gonna do that (laughs) something like something like (laughs) best podcast ever that's what we're gonna name every single episode from now on the best podcast ever yeah all right so if you think we're the best podcast ever please share your opinions with us you can tweet us at live your gimmick if you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review give us some feedback in that please subscribe and share with your friends i want to thank everybody for listening remember to be a fan and always live your gimmick goodbye everybody when my hand goes up your mouth goes shut <laughs>